Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. What's going on, everybody? Yo, 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 yo. Another episode of Another Woodshop Podcast. This is episode seven. Hello, hello, hello. Number seven. Hello. I missed you. I missed you you guys, too. How are you guys doing this week? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, care to start? (laughs) Yeah, Dan. Lead us off with the how you doing this week's. Uh, I'm I'm having a rough week. I'd like to go now. Is that okay? Can I just leave? <laughs> can Can this week be over, please? <laughs> it's almost done. Yeah, a pretty poopy it's week. Been a week. Whatever. Yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be over soon. So you know. Yeah. And then you know, Pete, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I've been um, I've been better. <laughs> I've been sick <laughs> all week. Uh, finally, after Ooh. my family being sick for like two, three weeks, finally gave it to me. Uh, that's nice of them that's so nice of them the sharing is caring <laughs> sharing is <laughs> so caring exactly I've just been trying to recover and uh, yeah it's just been a pain in the ass because I can't get in a shop I can't really do any work I've just been laid out on a couch and and that's pretty much it <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> you, I'm, I'm getting better though so that's have good. you even been able to play any sweet video games or anything I've been playing some video games but it's literally to a point where like I can't even play anything with a lot of motion because I will get sick or sicker, or just start getting like a headache and dizzy. So a lot of like turn-based, very lame, chill games. Watching a lot of YouTube. Nice. Kingdom of the of, Border uh, on your phone or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to laugh no, I'm like cool I understand that. that joke. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, you, you'll get it once you get big on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, you're, when they start having you plug those terrible iOS games. Oh, iOS God. Games. <laughs> Kill me uh, no, I've been watching a lot of Mike and Dan on YouTube. It's It's great. Not a lot to Thanks. watch for me. <laughs> what about you, Mike? <laughs> uh, this week was really busy at my job. Monday was pretty slow, and then Tuesday I just ramped up real quick and went crazy for the whole week. So, um, the shop time is great. Much more appreciated when the work when the job is crazy. So, was able to get there in there. I didn't get as much time as I would have liked this week. I didn't get as much done, but that's kind of always the case. I don't get to do it full time. So, um, but yeah, I've been, uh, been having a good time in the shop. I mean, we should probably just say what's on our workbenches. I mean, yeah, I was wondering if we were going to get be, to that. <laughs> it's just going to be me and Dan, I think. So I'll, 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 I'll take over from there, but, uh, I got my guitar is mostly done. I think I'm going to be spraying it today and ha- well, I will be spraying it today and it should be done with the finish today. You mean and that guitar you started in, in 1987? That one. <laughs> the, the guitar started in 87 is almost done. Wow. Finally. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I got, I got a domino this week. I got the domino XL, which is huge. I'm very excited about that. Tell um, me more about that machine. I've never heard of it. It actually cuts mortises for you. Wow. So wow. Technology is amazing. Yeah. Future is here, boys. <laughs> the future is now 12 years ago now. So it's like a biscuit um, joiner. It's just a biscuit joiner, but it was, <laughs> it was nice. uh, quite just a cool. fat dowel. But, um, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> it's just a fat dowel. <laughs> it's just three dowels glued together. What a gimmick! No, uh, got one of those. I've been asking Dan for help on that, and my buddy Ty. Uh, I have no experience. I've used a. I've used one twice, and um, 
now I have one. I'm just kind of want to get going after it. So I'm starting some nightstands. Uh, I'm going to build up a mock one for actually the room I'm in now, our office. I'm going to build one out of uh, some alder. I have a bunch of alder in my shop. So it's going to be kind of my test one. Uh, I have a design in my head. So I want to get that done. And then once that's done and I'm happy with it, I'm going to order up some white oak and start building some nice ones for our bedroom. Because after that's done, I'm building a bed for us as well. Because we need we have a queen-size bed. And it's just not, we just want a big king size bed. Just, <laughs> just tired of having a queen size bed. <laughs> so we're going to build a big, nice bed. I'm going to build a nice, the nice stands. Uh, I want to build us like one of those kind of hall tree things, but for our bedroom where we can put our shoes on and stuff and hang up stuff and put our, like a, a catch all box and hang our hats and coats and stuff on in our bedroom. And, um, I want to build like a small dresser. So man, this Ooh. is, um, got a lot list. of plans. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what's been on my on my bench. What about uh, what about you, Dan? I made a man. I don't even know how to explain it. Most people don't even know what it is. I didn't know what it was until I started making it. Uh, a marble board game out of walnut. It's called Aggravation. Some people call it Wahoo. It's just got like a, a like a cross design and a bunch of holes drilled into it to hold marbles and. I have no idea how to even play it, but I had a client reach out and ask me if I'd make it for her. And it was it was fun and challenging because I had to find a way to drill holes with a cove bit at all the same depth in a perfectly straight line mm-hmm. without a CNC. And I think I did it pretty well. No, you did a really good job. And I got yeah, I was going to awesome. ask you what specifically what cove bit did you use? I used a three-eighths inch cove bit, which seemed to be perfect for the size of a standard marble. You know, the little glass balls. Do you know what brand it was, though? It was a Bosch brand. Was it? Yeah. I'm just curious. I've never had a cove bit. I haven't actually, I don't actually have a, uh, I like white side router bits, but I've never actually used one that I hasn't burnt the crap out of the wood. They do burn a lot, yeah. No, it so, didn't burn. Uh, did you have it was a lot a brand of new bit? I went and bought a brand new bit, so that helped. yeah, I, I have one, a white side one that I've never actually used. I bought it to do a juice grooves on on cutting boards, you know, but I ended up not using it. So, I, but any other one has always been kind of cheap. So I was wondering if it was because mine were cheap, and that's well, probably it. Also case, right? helped that I wasn't like plunging and pushing it along. It was just a plunge and up and down. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And you could probably drop pretty slow, right? Yeah, drop slow. Yeah, that makes- I mean, the little video I posted on my Instagram, it looked like I was going a million miles an hour, but that, right. that actually took me about 45 minutes in that whatever 30 second video I posted. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty fun process. Yeah, it looked cool. It came out good. I like we were joking about you painting it, but it made sense. And it looked really good. It's because it I gave really Bao, Bao Loy over at Design Designcraft a hard time about paint and walnut. And then here I am, <laughs> paint and walnut. That, ta- that console, it was a, what was it, a credenza? No, what was that? A he, console he, table? He made like a dresser or It was like a dresser. Yeah, of, you're right. Yeah, dresser. It was, Man, that thing was gorgeous, gorgeous with that yellow. Gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Yeah, he does great work. I forgive him for painting it. I mean, he painted <laughs> right. a very little... <laughs> portion of the walnut it really looked great it was a very nice accent it looked really good um i guess i mean we can't you know pete you know what, what's been on your bench just sudafed and sleeping yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to i've been going into the shop almost like to just walk around and just yeah. like like you know 
I smell remember the tools you. and everything, uh, although I can't smell anything right now. I remember you. <laughs> um, no, I, when, but sorry, I actually got two, um, two requests for cutting boards, so luckily I have that shelf of already made ones that just need to be finished. And uh, somebody asked for some customization, so for the first time, I'm going to actually take the CNC to a finished cutting board, which is scary. Uh, but I'll wow. do that next week. Uh, luckily they're, they're willing to wait. Um, so I've done that. And then I bought a little bit of hardware. I got some hardware for the shelves. Finally, we were going to do floating shelves, but the, the walls that we have in our living room are actually like, like the whoa, uh, like faux wooden paneling walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just keeping them for now. Cause we're going to be moving out within the next year. So we're like, screw it. I'm not going to like drywall everything. So I want to put some black hardware on there. Um, so we're going to have some black, uh, shelf brackets and then the shelves are going to be cherry, which will, I think will look really nice. And, uh, I bought some finishes online and that's it. Just done some shopping, shopping yeah. and walking around. Couch shopping. <laughs> when Couch I, shopping. I'm, whenever I get sick, I, I think back in the fall, I was sick. I, ha- I had like a respiratory thing for like four and a half weeks. It was just really frustrating. But when I was I'd be good for like three days and then it would hit me for two days and I'd just be exhausted. And that's, I would do the same thing. I would just go into my shop and I'd just walk around and just be sad and wish I could be in there doing stuff. (laughs) I would just just wish I could be cutting up some wood. That's all I wanted to do. Just walking through slowly and rubbing your hands on things. (laughs) Just touching it and just (laughs) being sad. (laughs) (laughs) There's already dust on everything. So you feel like you haven't been there in a while. Just spider webs are showing the tools up. Being used. <laughs> Mice have nests. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, you know, shall we just jump right into a topic here? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. Uh, what are we gonna go with one here? I don't. I don't know if we. Oh wait. Yeah, we did talk about this. <laughs> We're gonna Get go it with together, uh, Mike. We talked about this. I get on script, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, what? What was it, Dan? It was, uh, what tools do you need to get started and maybe flow into new tech yeah. versus uh, they sure don't make them like they used to. They don't. Gotcha. Well, I, I mean, that's what do you a good think, topic. Dan? I gr- agree. Agree. What, what tools do you, think, do you, think you need a... to get started? Yeah. Man. I mean, if you want to go super, super basic, you could just get by with a uh, a circular saw and... Uh, a square mm-hmm. and a drill. I mean, what more do you need? But you know, as you progress in y- in your your woodworking journey, gosh, I hate to say that word. As you progress in your <laughs> journey, um, you, you look know, you're so bummed out your- as you were saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Just the life left me. As you progress, like you're going to want to upgrade, and you're going to realize that there are other ways to do things, and and better more efficient ways to do things and that's how you upgrade your tools and you know you you just start from there but if you're just talking from a purely what do you need to get started standpoint circular saw drill maybe a few drill bits you know and that'll get you like 90 percent of where you want to be i think i mean there's a million ways to skin a cat as they say right right it'll take extra time but I mean, you can get started with those those two or three things. What do you think, Pete? Well, I'll just tell you with what I got started with, because I think that's a good starting point, too. I ended up getting one of those cheapo, like, Ryobi starter kits that was, like, four tools. It was, like, two 
uh, a drill, uh, an impact driver, a uh, flashlight, because why? Yes. Why? Yes. Why the flashlight? Why every brand? Anyways. The old blue and yellow ones. Yeah, oh, the blue and yellow. Yeah, old <laughs> I still have them. I still have all yeah. of them. <laughs> the batteries are trash, though. They died, like, within a year. You can buy replacements but, on Amazon real cheap, FYI. Well, I've, I've upgraded <laughs> since. But um, it was that. It was like a Sawzall. And, and I ended up getting a circular saw that was wired because it didn't come with a wireless one. And I, if you're going to do a circular saw, get wired. F- especially if you're going to be that, if that's going to be your, like your, your power tool, like your main power tool for cutting stuff, you don't, I'm not going to get a table saw. I didn't get a table saw for like the first two years. It was just a circular saw, that little driver set and a Craig jig and a router. <laughs> and I can't stress enough how important a router is like a lot of people tend to some people don't even have one in the shop some people just get the like the little handheld which is fine there's nothing wrong with them i think they're great i have one too and i love it but like a a proper even a baseline like uh porter cable the 1001 model just solid base if you get the plunge base is even better i think a router is amazing you can do rabbits with them you can do um dados you can do a lot of different joinery, you can do roundovers, whatever. I, I ended up, one of my first real projects was a cabinet build, and the entire thing was basically just circular saw and Craig jig for joinery and uh, and just my router. That's pretty yeah. much it. The, the mini Craig jig is also a, a very good starter thing. Like yes. Just that one tiny little, uh, I think they Pocket call it hole. the Craig mini, don't they? I think I think it's, it's the yeah. Craig just, Mini. Yeah. Well, they have Maybe. numbers, whatever. But Who it's a, it's just K1? a mini one. It's a yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we'll go with because it sounds accurate. Um, it's yeah, it's a perfect starter kit. Right. And mm-hmm. back, going back to Ryobi, shout out to Ryobi because the the newer Ryobi One tools, their batteries fit that old blue and yellow kit. Yes, they do. Hmm. For you me, don't see that very are, often. They're actually the new ones are pretty nice. I gotta say they're. That Ryobi set is pretty on point, especially if, if you actually look at the battery. They do have different battery types, and they do have cordless, um, not cordless, um, brushless uh, tools as well. So some of the brushless tools are, are pretty damn nice, and they work pretty well even though they're 18 volt. I still use that that old Ryobi set. I still have the drill in my in my drill dock in my shop. Like It's a big mammoth drill, and it comes in handy sometimes. It's a workhorse. And then after that, just do uh, buy, like I think I said this in the last episode, every job I would basically pay myself enough to buy the next tool. So like one job I made enough to basically buy a table saw. And then after that was a miter saw. And essentially, I got paid zero after every job, but I got a new tool out of it. That's not being paid zero in my book. Well, yeah, yeah you got a tool. Right. <laughs> uh, what you, say you, what did Michael? I, what did I do, you said? Um, <laughs> uh, my first... So I didn't – I had a really, really entry-level Ryobi uh, job site table saw, which I don't – I agree with Dan. That wasn't the right way to start. I had an entry-level Ryobi table saw, and it was really bad, it, but it did the job fine. Um, and I had um, a rigid 10-inch chop saw, no slide, no – nothing. It was just – it could just do the miter on it. Um and I had a really, really poorly tuned circular saw. And I did not use my circular saw nearly enough when I first started doing this. Because 
I didn't realize, I mean, you can do so much with a circular saw. It's unreal. Like Dan was saying, if you have a nice like squares or straight edges, mm-hmm. you can get so much done with, with a circular saw. It's unreal. Yeah. And it's probably more accurate, or I'm going to actually say it's definitely more accurate than a cheap table saw. So, um, in terms of the actual cut line you're going to get. So, uh, but that's what I had was just those three tools. And I didn't even utilize them properly because I had no clue what I was doing. I don't come from a construction background, but my family comes from a construction background. And I was kind of having to relearn how to do things because everything in construction and framing is a bit more, it's not nearly as exact or precise as any, as any of this is. And it's kind of more just like get as close as you can and then just get be done with it. It's, it's more about production than it is about – it's more about quantity than it is quality with that. So that was something I had to like learn away from when I was getting into woodworking. So I think the – I think I agree with Dan. No, I do agree with Dan 100%. A circ saw, a nice drill set, and some nice decent enough squares, like a 12-inch rafter square – and like yeah. a six inch rafter square, and you're going to be kind of set. That's my opinion on it. Just a couple of cheap speed squares. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, I mean, it's going to be square enough. <laughs> Whatever you got get at the, at the big box store is going to be just fine. I still use mine. They're square. Mm-hmm. They just are. <laughs> like that's the bottom line. They, they work. So, um, and then exactly like Pete said, get tools as you need them. Yeah. And then that'll kind of lead into the next topic I think of where is it you know new tools or used tools. And I think actually I'll let I'll let Dan jump in on this one to get going and we'll keep the circle going how it was. What do you think? New tools or old tools? I think it depends on the tool. Um I like so like I'm a cheapo and these guys know that I'm a cheapo when it comes to 99% of things. Like I will find the best deal possible. I will always look for a new tool, however, but I always look for the best price possible. Um, I, I have nothing against used tools, but I'm very safety conscious. Like I don't know what that tool's been through and, uh, how it's been abused and how that's going to affect the, the safety features of, of said tool, like, like a table saw, for instance, obviously you can buy a used table saw and it could be fine, but uh, you don't know if the arbor's bent or Mm -hmm. if things are misaligned, you know, all that stuff can add up to a really bad kickback instant. Mm hmm. So if you're going to buy a used tool, at least do your due diligence and check everything over, you know, very well. With that said, I'm, 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 a, I'm a new tool guy, but I always look for the best deal possible. I've splurged on exactly mm-hmm. two tools, and that's my table saw, which is the saw stop, and the domino. Other than that, I'm buying the cheapest of everything I can get just because I like to try to keep my, my overhead costs down. Right. Makes sense. I I will actually like to challenge Dan for being the cheapest one. Come at me, bro. Let's do it. I I I th- it go. You are the cheapest. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Let me have something, would you? No, no, You're the most you attractive. The, you, okay. Talk, like yeah, it, we talked it. about it. You're the cute one. <laughs> You're the cute. One. Hold on. Let me, hold on. <laughs> there we go. 
There you go. <laughs> I am all about the deal. I love finding uh, an older or used tool. I'm more likely to buy a beat up older tool, like from, we don't, it doesn't have to be from the 70s, but like anything from early 2000s or 90s. Um, I'm more likely to buy that than a used current or like newer version of it. Uh, I, I love finding like an old rusted up, like my joiner. I found it literally was, I was somewhere picking up a different tool and there was a joiner that was literally just holding stuff up and I barely noticed that it was a joiner. It was that covered in crap. And I was like, whoa, he's, what about this? And they're like, well, it's just been sitting there for a while. I don't even know if it runs. We plugged it in, turned over, no problem. It was just, everything was rusted on it. And I took it for chump change and now it's, it's like a smooth, perfectly running what joiner that I just have to refinish. It's a old Delta. It's a six inch Delta, mm-hmm. but it's the full, um, the long it's got bed. the full, yeah, the long bed, uh, cast iron, solid cast iron, a cast iron fence on it and everything just feels super solid. Uh, my, my old table saw before my, I had the Powermatic was also a rigid, but it was the older model with the full cast iron bed, not the aluminum wings. And now, you know, I, I love shopping for the deal. I ended up finding the Powermatic I have right now. And I might get hate mail for this. It's a PM 2000 that I got for 550 bucks <laughs> because I, that's ridiculous. I'm, I shop for the deal. I'll. I sometimes get just get stupid lucky and I set my Craigslist alerts and everything. And sometimes it comes up at the most inopportune times, but you got to just get it. I don't even have 220 in the shop when I got it. I had to put in 220 <laughs> just for that. I just, I just want to make some clarifications on my statements here. I have nothing against old tools. I mean, they clearly are built solid. I just, I don't like to spend the time to get them up to speed. I, my, I feel like my time is better spent on other things. Fair. That's Total. all. Total, no, totally fair to say too. I, I don't know. I just, I like, there's something about older tools. There's more cast iron parts. They feel a little more solid. There's less for them to go wrong. There's less parts that could fail or electronics. And some of these newer tools, there are just too many, too many fancy things. Uh, same thing with older hand planes. I love restoring older hand planes because just the steel alone feels different. It cuts different. It sharpens differently. And it definitely lasts a lot longer. So, I do like finding a deal. Now, that being said, I have a brand new CNC that I bought full price. You know, there isn't really a sale on these ever. So I'm not above buying a new tool. I will definitely pick up a new tool if, uh, if need be. But I, if with certain ones, I do like having that like old reliability of something that's just basically a motor and a belt and that thing's never going to die on you as long as you just treat it right. I like what I like to call new reliability. No, I have nothing against used tools. I think uh, at all, I have nothing against used tools. Mm. When you're first starting, I think the best thing to do is to find the best deal you can possibly. Actually, there's no point in woodworking or any activity where you shouldn't be trying to find the best deal you can find. Whether it's new or used, you need to get things when they're on sale because they go on sale. Or you need to get, if you're going to get something used, don't buy the first one you see on Craigslist or Marketplace or whatever. Give it a few months. You'll find a good deal. People are getting rid of stuff. Sometimes, unfortunately, you know, people pass and the family is left with some tools. They have no idea what they're worth. It's not, you're not supposed to swoop in and take advantage of the family, but they'll price it for the price they need it, they need it to be to get rid of it. And that's the most convenient number. And then it ends up being a crazy good deal and you can snag it. I mean, there's these different situations. Yep. So my first two table saws were secondhand. Uh, my last table saw was a late 70s craftsman. Um, 
contractor saw. It was open bottom, you know. I hated it. It was a mess everywhere. Um, mm. Had one of but those. But it's a... Uh, I don't like to fidget with tools. <clears throat> I like my tools to just work. I want to... and I really even tried. Like, I really wanted to enjoy restoring old hand tools. I did too, and I, I hated it. I was just... <laughs> I was like, this is miserable. I do not want to do this. Uh, you know... There are people in the community who love doing that. And there's a couple who've reached out to me and like, hey, man, you find one. You just pay me X amount of dollars. I'll restore it for you. And it was a very reasonable dollar amount. I'll restore it for you. And um, then it'll come back to you like brand new. And that's very tempting, you know. But also Lee Nelson makes really nice hand planes. So <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> yes, one of those do. things like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's actually a guy on here on, on Instagram that I have an old number four. And I tried to restore it, and it does actually do a really good job. Um, but I can't contain the rust, and I don't know how to, and I don't really care to learn to. Uh, so I, when Just I get spray my spray it news, with oil, right? Done. I keep oiling no. it. I keep oiling it, and it keeps. <laughs> I keep oiling it, and it just keeps rusting. No, it's um, no, paste it's just, wax, baby. Yeah, I, I I paste wax it all the time. It still keeps spreading. I, it doesn't matter. The point is, is I don't care to learn how to fix it. Um, because it's clearly an issue with the thing's just old, it has problems, and I can't get it contained. This person, I'm just gonna send it to him. Like, because he'll give it a better life. He'll be able to fix it and it'll be usable, and he enjoys doing it. So for me, I just have no desire to do that. So when I get a new plane, I'm gonna get a new plane. And I'm gonna get a brand that I know works well. Um my table saw is all cast iron. And it's not old. It's a new cat table saw and it's all cast iron, and it's just a switch. I rewired it to 220 and I don't see any parts failing except for the belt or in the actual motor, which is the same for an old tool. So, you know, you can get new tools that are that have the same quality is used tools in my opinion. I think there's like the mid-range kind of gets weird sometimes. You got to go for more premium and you got to spend more money to attain that. But I just don't yeah, want The mid-range is a is a gray area with a lot it of is. tools. It's yep. like the early ons are like, yeah, they're good for the money. Then the mid yes. is kind of choppy. And then you get to the good stuff. That's why I, I think like your first tool should be just dirt cheap. Yes. Uh, and it goes back to our last topic. They should be like, it's just enough because you don't even know if you're going to stick with this unless it's your mm-hmm. job. Like you need to go as cheap as humanly possible. Right. And um, this is going to sound like a dig, but Ryobi is great for that. They're DIY for the most – I mean, with drills, uh, you can't really screw up a drill. <laughs> so Ryobi drills are great. Um, um, black and Ryobi <laughs> drills are good enough. Yeah. Um, you can't screw it up. I mean, it's just got to – okay. <laughs> All right. Ryobi drills are fine for first drills. But my point is, is you're not going to get a contract or a cabinet Ryobi saw because they just – that's not their market. That's not what they're for. And for me, I think if you're going to go from like your super cheap tools, now you're going into your mid-range, I think you should get a high-range used tool for your like second set of tools because uh, like Pete said – uh, you know, the old tools, they're still around because they last forever. So if you can find a deal on one, that's your good, like, second set of tools. And if you're like Pete and you like and enjoy working on those things, that could be your last set of tools and last you forever. Oh, yeah. But, <clears throat> but like, for me, I, I just kind of want a new tool. That's just what I'll I I'll like. buy an old bandsaw or an old jointer or something like that if I know that it's been restored and it's working properly. Right. I have right. nothing against that whatsoever. And uh, yeah. that leads me back to 
obviously Mike brought this up. Um, what do you need to get started? There's no shame in buying used tools when you're when you're just starting either. There's no shame in buying used tools at any point. No, no, no. Obviously not. I just no, I, I just prefer not to. Currently, I, yeah, me in too. My, in my me current totally life, agree. it depends on where you're at, and and there's no wrong or right, but. Pete, I feel like Pete could go forever buying used tools and be very happy. <laughs> and that's the thing. You actually brought up a good point earlier. Is like I, you don't have the time. You don't care to learn to restore it or whatever right. because that's not what you're enjoying. I actually right. enjoy restoring an old you tool and bringing it back to its former glory and like being like, wow, this thing is like Prime. really good. And I paid and you did it $150 for it. And mm-hmm. it's it basically could sell for 900 bucks now, but I'm going to use it because it's great. Now, here's the thing. I enjoy that. But if hypothetically I lost my job next week and I decided I want to go full time with this woodworking thing, I'm probably buying a professional, probably brand new jointer and possibly even a, a you know a, an upgraded bandsaw or something. Tools that I use a lot, I'm probably just upgrading to something that is brand new and reliable, and I'm yeah. not going to mess with just slowly upgrading because now my time is more valuable and that's my focus. This is no longer a hobby of restoring tools and, and working on tools and working with the tools. It's now a job. So I do totally see the yep. kind of like, all right, I'm not going to mess with this. I'm just going to buy something that's going to work. It's just a matter of like, what do you want to do? And there's no right or wrong. Like, do you want to have like, do you want to carve out time in your day for woodworking? And, or do you want to have a hybrid? Do you want to have a time of your day where you're doing woodworking and restoring these tools? And that's what you do, Pete. You do that. You find time and do both. And that's not your gimmick, but that's what you do. You know, when I first started following Pete, you know, I was like, oh, I think it's really cool. And you're one of the people who made me go, man, I kind of would like to try and see if I could restore tools. I just didn't happen to not enjoy it. Um, but watching you do it is great. <clears throat> I like it. Like when you got your Powermatic – I was like, "Holy smokes! This is so cool!" This guy got five hundred a P two thousand a PM two thousand for five hundred fifty bucks, and it's better than most saws on the market now that you can get. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. So and it's ten years old already. Yeah, it's <laughs> so crazy. it's technically, hey, I got a vintage tool. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've lost Dan here, um, but um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really cool. I think. Um, I think it's just about whatever your priorities are. And it goes to a lot of things. Like and what you no, enjoy. Right. And there's no right or wrong with any of this stuff. There's, It's like, do you, you know, I don't want to go into like any, into the weeds with topics, but like, it's not for me to say to Pete, you're doing this wrong. That's not right. It's yep. Pete likes doing, restoring and, and maintaining older tools. And that's great. Um, you know, I don't, and that's great. And Dan, I joke around with Dan. Dan does this for a living. You know, I joke about him. He's got that wind track saw, but here's the, here's the thing. Who cares? It makes Dan happy and it makes Dan money. And that's all that matters. I'm not using that track saw. So who cares what he buys? It, it's just between me and Dan. It's just, you know, it's a joke. I made fun about Dan about having the domino. But I don't, re- I don't really care that Dan has a domino. I ha- I now have a domino. I don't, and Dan knows that I don't. I'm not actually making I'm fun, of make him. fun of him. You're gonna you're gonna right. be on team domino for life. 
Oh, I, I'm already on Team Domino, and I wasn't ever against it. It's just the joke. The joke and listen, is... Look, look at all these phenomenal makers on Instagram that are absolutely killing it, and they might have, like, really nice hand tools or something, but then they're just using, like, a cheapo craftsman table saw because that's not their focus. They don't cut down that much, that many sheet goods. Right. They just need something smaller, or, you know, they invest more, and they have a fancy table saw, but then they're using all, like you know, Harbor Freight brand stuff. There's guys that use the Harbor Freight uh, lathe is one of the most, like, I feel like the dust collector and the lathe are the two things that are, like, yeah, they're very cheap, very basic tools, somehow very solid tools. You know, a lot of people have that dust collector. A lot of people have that uh, that lathe and do amazing work on it. I forget the maker. I'm, I'm blanking on their name, but they literally get a new one of those lathes every, like, two years because they're basically like, <laughs> yeah, so it's getting out of square or whatever, and it's... <laughs> $250, they just buy a new one and they just keep cranking out wonderful pieces. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying a cheaper tool there's or no, buying, you know, top there, of the line. There's no, like, goal or standard that anyone needs to feel they need to hit for any of this. Yeah. There's no, like, you're down the right path or the wrong path. And there's no one who has the right to tell someone they're doing it wrong with this stuff because it doesn't affect Absolutely. them. I mean, it's just like, yeah. that's why we're real hesitant as a podcast. We had uh, Character Red last week ask us, hey, what are we doing right or wrong with, with my account? <clears throat> that's not for us. I mean, we can give you tips and tricks or whatever, hacks, whatever you want to call them, to help, you, to help your account do whatever you want with it. But we don't know what your goal is, and it's not our job to judge you on any of that. And it's no one else's job to judge you on that. You can ask, the best thing you can do is reach out to people that you trust or, or, or feel will give you the, steer you in the right direction. Ask them what they think they should do in that situation. And you don't have to take that as gospel. Just take that for what it's worth and then, you know, make that decision part of your decision, I guess. You know, say, hey, reach out to someone you trust and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to do this with my woodworking. Here's the tools I have. What tool do you think I need? You know, yeah. and then you can just kind of factor that in your decision, you know, and I would find people who have varying opinions. And that's why me and Dan and Pete, that's why this, we have very different opinions on almost every topic, but we really like talking to each other about it. So that's why we decided for like, this podcast works out because we have different perspectives. And I think it's good to take in a bunch of perspectives. And if you get really narrow minded about things and then you start thinking that's the right way and that's the only way you're an idiot. <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say about it. So, uh, if you if you close your mind and get really narrow minded about things, um, you're you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. So, there's a lot of different ways to do things. There's no perfect set of starting tools. I, I just don't think- don't fall for the brand traps either. Or yeah. don't, don't no. you know you might follow an account religiously and you think they're the best, and all they use is that one particular tool or this mm-hmm. these two tool types, and you have to get everything from that. You know, there's people out there that have like walls of Festool in their shop or mm-hmm. Woodpecker or whatever. Not, I mean, these mm-hmm. are phenomenal. It certainly brands, makes their shop look nice, but it yeah. makes it look nice, but they're expensive. You don't you know you don't need five thousand dollars of Bessie clamps. If you're working on small projects, you might just right. need three thousand. You know, yeah, <laughs> you need three thousand to get your four clamps. But um. like, get some Harbor clamps, get some uh, Harbor Freight clamps, or you know, uh, Stanley clamps or pipe clamps. Or it doesn't matter. My what we're clamp saying, what collection you get. Yeah. is a 
plethora of brands. Like I, we talked about this last week. I think a mishmash. I can't. It, yeah, it, it is a mishmash. That's a very good way to put it. Pete. And that's good. And for Dan's way of doing that with a hodgepodge of different brands and the best deals is great. It's a great way to do it. There's just there's can, no caveat. Can't to that. tell if that was a jab at him or if that no, was a it's not. It's not because <laughs> it's because it just rolls Dan's off life. me now. I like I don't know. It, it's, it's Dan's life, so that's the way. That's a great way to do it. But you know, yeah. if you're wanting the same color tools on your wall, that's great too. <laughs> it just depends on what you want to do. I mean, there's no that's not wrong to do. So uh, yeah. you know, do what makes you happy. Right. I do like what that. makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Yep. Use the tools that's that work it, for that's you. That's what it always comes down to. Do what yep. makes you happy. If it works for you, you don't need to upgrade it. Just keep using it. Yep. Yep. All right. Should we jump into some questions? Yes, please. I believe that we should. And let me get into those questions <laughs> right about now. Uh, we'll take this first question from uh, Leland Stock with Stockbilt. We'll say friend of the show. Everyone's friend of the show who calls in, so... <laughs> We have so many friends. So many friends. Here we go. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Leland over at Stockbelt. Hey, uh, I love your podcast. Keep it up, guys. I love listening to you. Hey, quick question about sandpaper. You guys got any tips for knowing when a um, piece of sandpaper is all used up? Um, I want to make sure I'm getting the most out of each piece of paper. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just want to know what you guys typically do, um, any tips about it, or if it's really just feel and when it stops cutting, um, you know, and you switch it up. Thanks, guys. Dan, sandpaper. Well, it, I think it all comes down to feel, really. Um, sandpaper is relatively cheap, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I know I was just talking about being a cheapo or whatever, but the sandpaper that I buy, I think it's a pack of... 50 or maybe even 75 for $20. And when you break that down, what is that? Like, I can't math. 10 cents a sheet or a disc. Right. So, you know, whenever you feel like it's it's getting a little worn, just pitch it. I, yep. I, I don't even hesitate to pitch sandpaper. I probably go through way more than I need. But it, it's so cheap that I, I feel like you're better off switching to a new piece of paper than trying to get every little bit out of the one that you're currently using. Because, you know, in the end, that will help your product or your finished project look better than if you hadn't. You start getting swirl right. marks and, you know, <clears throat> just get rid of it. That That's how I look Pete? at it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was gonna say the same thing because uh, yeah. this, especially when it starts flaking off, uh, especially on the sanding discs, starts flaking off on the edges or around the the circles that are cut. Uh, you're gonna get swirl marks. You're gonna get cuts into the wood. So you really don't want that. Because a lot of times you don't see it until you hit it with a finish yeah. or something, and that's oh, that's just the worst. And uh, but I would say you know I don't actually throw them out. Uh, the way I kind of look at it is like a lot of times if I'm sanding, you know, with eighty and then it kind of gets worn down. It's all right. Now it's like finer, but I'm not going to use it as like a finer sanding. I might just use it for something else. So I have this little divider shelf, all, all different, uh, disc grits from 600 down to, I think like 40. And then below it, I have a big, like eight inch opening that I just put old used discs. And what I do with that is I use them for sometimes for hand sanding. If I just need to finish up an area or smooth something out, or especially if I'm refinishing any tools to kind of bring it back to our old thing, 
I will take something that I used for wood and now it's kind of, you know, flattened out. It's not as rough and I'm going to use it on finishing up a hand plane or removing some rust uh, or just for whatever sanding. And then I'm going to toss it. Once it's just completely wrecked, I'm going to throw it out. But I kind of keep it as like burner sandpaper. I'm not going to grab a fresh pad to just remove a bunch of rust off of something. You know, so it comes in handy to have a stash of used up but not completely wrecked sand, uh, sandpaper. I can see that. I, I, I keep a few of them. I don't keep very many. I'll keep like uh, two of each grit in my sandpaper cabinet and mm-hmm. the rest I do throw away. But I'm pretty – I really like my sandpaper to do its job. I hate sanding. It's. I don't think anyone likes it. I, I mean, I hear yeah. people say that they like sanding. I hate it. And a new pad does does the job so well. And I'll run it as long as I can. I totally get what Leland's saying. Um, You know, sandpaper is a consumable. At the end of the day, it's not very expensive. It just sucks paying money for it. (laughs) Because it's just one of those things that kind of sucks having to spend money on. But um, But it it also comes down to how valuable is your time. Is your time. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I just want it to work really well. Like I was using my – I was just telling you guys before we got on here, I was sanding my guitar – and my pad was just, I could see it was leaving more swirl marks. And I'm like, mm, I'm done. I don't want to do, not on my guitar. It's my guitar. I've been wanting to build this yep. guitar for years, you know? So I've, um, I just, I just wanted it to be nice. So for certain things, I mean, I, I'll keep like, I'll set them aside. I'll turn, I have a different method, but I'll, I leave the ones that are really good horizontal and the ones that are kind of worn down, but still usable. I put them vertical in the cubbies and uh, I'll use them on like, if I need to rough something down or the first time I sand through something. Uh, but as soon as they're even kind of bad, I toss them. And to answer Leland's specific question, the answer is yes. There's no real like secret trick. They ju- you no. just know when they're bad. You just see like the papers tore up or it's leaving swirl marks or you just can tell it's taking longer. It's dead. And just, just I mean, move on from it. And use the right sandpaper for the right job. Because a lot of people are just taking their orbital sander to every curve, everything. And anytime you're putting pressure on that pad, it it crinkles the 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 paper yeah. and it just ruins it faster mm-hmm. get some just sheets that you'll roll of it that you can cut or even better get some sanding sponges for those corners it, you know it, you're gonna ruin those pads a lot faster if you have a soft pad on there and just throwing sandpaper and doing curves it really wrecks it really fast yep if you want to be super environmentally conscious though like i know there's a worldwide toilet paper shortage <laughs> i think you know where i'm going with this Oh man! Oh. <laughs> it took me way too long. Took me too long. I was like, man, I don't know where he's going with this. Oh, like, are you sanding with toilet paper? Oh, the other way. I was like, wow! I learned we can use grocery bags to sand. I didn't know you could use toilet paper to sand. <laughs> oh no! No. <laughs> I had it backwards. We have Sorry, all the best Lynn. tips on this podcast. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Is that Charmin? No, it's five inch hook and loop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's so gross. Anyways, next. Um, Next. I guess we can just call that the podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to get to this next question here. It's from John with Texas Yankee Carpentry. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, guys? John from Texas Yankee Carpentry here. Love the podcast. You guys are killing it. I always look forward to new episodes. This is a situational-based question, and I want to see all of your thought processes and answers. So, you have one hour 
you are able to use four tools and one of them must be a hand tool and you must make something out of a piece of walnut that is 12 inches wide six feet long and one inch thick and it cannot be a cutting board and go first of all Peak. i don't know of any cutting boards that are six feet long well, I think that's the piece of have, wood that he that you're working with. Oh, how much okay, walnut you have? Okay, have you guys seen on, the account uh, Bantillos? No. Super cool guy makes huge cutting boards. They're awesome. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm gotcha, sorry. Go, go on. Pete. <laughs> he he's a good dude. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I'm gonna make the sweetest six foot shelf ever with a nice chamfer on it. <laughs> no, I actually been wanting to make a microphone stand, so I'd probably just bang out one of those. Just with a little bit of a uh, you know hand tool joinery in there. How thick? In there how thick did he say? One inch. One inch. One inch thick. By, it was six Perfect for a little platform. And then I cut a piece. Obviously, I'm using a table saw. I'm using. Uh, I think I'm going to use a hand plane for maybe just putting some chamfers on there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I can't think about the tool. Can't think of the tools too much. But I'm definitely uh, making something like that. Something a little three dimensional. How many tools did you say? Four. 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 And it's what? Six foot long? Six feet by six inches by an inch thick. Perfect. I've got this. <laughs> did did he say if, if we could have it uh, I'm assuming hardware? it's S four S. I'm assuming we're, we're assuming it's S four S. We're not having to <laughs> what if, run it through a plane. What if I have additional hardware? Can I can I do that? Sure. Sure. You can I, do whatever. I'd you can shoot a, it. <laughs> I would cut it in half, join it with glue. Is glue a tool? Mm-mm. No, consumable. Consumable. Clamps will I'll be allow a tool, it. right? Yeah, clamps are it's just it's a it, given. That's right? like a nah, it's a given. Yeah, right. Okay. Cut it in half, glue it together. Uh, use my bandsaw to cut a shape and make a longboard with the hardware <laughs> for the skateboard. That are, yeah. And I like it. the hand tool would be a hand plane, you know, for the chamfer, obviously. The, the block plane. Yeah. So oh, for yeah, me, the block plane. For me, I'll just say what I'm going to make. I'm going to make a trim around my outfeed table out of the walnut <laughs> to cover up the layers of my torsion box. I'm going to use a bandsaw, and it's going to be the uh, it's going to be an 18 inch bandsaw because I don't have an 18 inch bandsaw. And since I'm getting a free tool from this uh, hypothetical situation, <laughs> I would like the uh, 18 inch bandsaw. So I'm going to resaw. I'm going to resaw this piece Mike. of wood down to. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to get three pieces out of it to do the full trim. And then I'm going to use a block plane. That's my second tool to give it a nice chamfer around the edges. And then since I'm getting free tools, I'm going to get a 20 inch planer that I'm not going to use on the piece of wood and the, 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 the <laughs> domino DF 500. So I have both the dominoes. Is that, is that all right? <laughs> well, John, thanks for the sponsorship. Gonna- <laughs> that's, that's great. I can't believe I'm we're all getting Laguna tools. tools. I'm only going to use the bandsaw and the block plane on the piece of wood. I just want those other two tools. <laughs> I don't think oh, that's man. the spirit of the question, though. So I might have gone in the weeds. Um, no, but I mean, you would have at some. I think it's made. allowed. I think it's allowed. Yeah, it, I mean, it's simple, but that's your thought process. Land. Like, hey, let's pimp out the shop. <laughs> right as well. If I'm getting four, four tools. tools. Listen, uh, the amount of time we spend in our shops, like you, everything should be covered in walnut and beautiful wood, and everything should yeah. have just the, the nicest finish on it. Because yeah. we're in there more than we are in the rooms that are holding some yeah. of the furniture we make. That's that That's was true. one of the big goals of when I was redoing my shop. Is I want I'm in there more than any room in my house. I want it to be nice in there and well lit. Yes. 
Speaking oh, of your shop, Mike, you know what you haven't brought up is that sweet uh, micro jig thing you added to your your outfeed table. Oh, I did. Yeah, oh, that's nice. I did. Uh, I did. Sorry replace to go the backwards on this, but that no, is no. Impressive. Let me go into that. That thing's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm stealing it, the I've, F out of that. And you replaced it, it, the MDF one with Alder, right? No, is it Alder uh, or Hickory. Hickory. Hickory, Hickory, that's Hickory, right. Hickory, Dickory, Dock. Andrew Dice Clay over here. No? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I didn't have any actual real issues with the MDF. It didn't, like, delam or anything like that. Um, but it didn't feel sturdy, you know? So I, I, I did – I wasn't happy with it. I got a lot of people telling me it wouldn't be sturdy enough. Everyone was right. I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure. I, I had the MDF. I have a ton of MDF left over from my outfeed table because I changed the design and I have like a whole sheet left over. I don't really like using the stuff, but I want to use it as much as I can. I figure for it. But anyway, it's both ugly and weak. When I was wrenching on stuff and working tools on it, uh, it just I just didn't get the confidence out of it I wanted. So I changed it over to Hickory. And um, if, if you're listening and you don't follow my page, um, I guess it was just a few days ago. You can check out check out what I did. It's like a, it's a vertical, uh, it's a vertical piece of hickory mounted on the side of my workbench. And it has these dovetail channels that fit these dovetail clamps in it. And you can use it as like a vertical clamp. It's almost like an edge of bench vice, Yeah, but you're using brilliant. clamps instead of a vice. Yeah. And it's really modular. You can move it all around the thing and you can attach things in different ways. So it's, it's really cool. The only, I mean, there's a few downsides, but the only real notable, noticeable downside compared to an actual woodworking bench is that the clamps stick out pretty far. So you kind of have to position them in a way where you're, they're not getting in your way when you're working on the piece, which isn't a huge deal. Uh, it works great overall. I'm very happy with it. So um, I'm going to – or I just used that this morning to hand sand my guitar. I just clamped it in the guitar in place and I was able to hold it in place and sand it. It works so good. It works really good. I'm really happy with it. So – um, All right, enough about Mike. Side tangent. Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> pretty sweet. Thank you. I, I really do like it. Um, this next question, and by the way, uh, John and Leland both used the voice recording app on their phones and emailed that into us, which well we done, really gentlemen. appreciate. Yeah, it's and you know, leaving a message any way you can is greatly appreciated. That's the best way because you can control it. And you can edit it or you can do whatever before you send it to us. And it just sounds better than the Google voice number. But we do have the Google voice number, which is 754. Call 754K. Oh, I know that. It is 754. Okay. Yeah, Dan's giving me the thumbs up. 754 call AWP. I'm going to make a sign um, just to hold it up. Yeah. yeah, I should probably put it in. We should probably put in. Oh, it's in the notes. Awkward. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's in the show notes. But yeah, if you use the voice recording app and email it into another woodshop podcast at gmail.com. That's awesome. But you can send us an email through the Instagram page, through the Gmail, through the Google voice. You can send it to us individually. We had a, we had someone do that. Send me a, a, a message individually. Um, so anyway, um, I'm going to go on to the next more? question. Yes. I got one more voice message here and you know what, actually, now that I'm thinking about it and this is a <laughs> behind the scenes, I didn't pull any of the questions from the Instagram account. <gasps> so I don't know if you get one of you guys are able to do that while I'm, while we're going into this question here, but um, I'm going to play this question right now from bit from Brit Witkowski with wits workshop. I'm gonna play it now. 
Hi, this is Brew Wachowski from Wits Custom Workshop. I have two questions here, one serious one and one kind of funny one. First question is, how do you guys price your projects and builds based on consumables and overheads? For example, glue, sandpaper, nails or screws, wear and tear on machinery and blades and bits. The second funny question I have is for Mike. If you created a coffee to sell, what would it be called without using custom builds? And what roast would it be? A light, medium, or dark? Thank you, and you guys are killing it. <laughs> um, I will Michael. say that we, we went into pricing on our last episode, and I, th you know, there's multiple ways to price things. We went over that. I'm not going to even go into it very much. I will say that for your own numbers, it's good to factor in your consumable cost and all your, into your overhead. Uh, Dan likes the three com 10 method, which is three times the cost of material plus 10%. And that's what the 10% um, co covers. The 10% should be exactly <clears throat> the 10% should cover your cost and your profit. Um, cost of consumables, cost of consumables. And uh, we were already went into that. So we're not going to go into that again. When you're giving a, in my opinion, when you're giving a customer, if they're requesting an invoice, put as little information on that as they will allow you to get away with. And you need to kind of sometimes tell them, hey, this is this is how my invoice looks. Just 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 don't be rude. Be very professional, but try not to give up all the information you can. Because the the littlest amount of information you can put on that invoice, the better in the long run. Because you start putting yourself out for liabilities. But um and then for the second question is uh, the coffee. Well, it would be coffee with coffee, and it'd be a medium Dominican blend. And that's that. <laughs> how'd, how'd you come up with that blend? I just made that up oh, right sounds, now. It sounds so. nice. <laughs> it'd be a, a, a fair trade, hand-picked Dominican medium blend. <laughs> there you go. So I think you but somehow still made in America. Yeah, made in America. <laughs> made in America. But a fair trade, you know, Dominican. Dominican but you know, yep. They're do they, do they grow coffee in America anywhere? They're they're Americans of Dominican descent. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> We're really <laughs> getting deep on. This is ridiculous. Keep going. Coffee with coffee coming this fall. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's it for the voicemail questions. Uh, we do have a question that was my mouse has frozen. There we go. A question that was written into the. Uh, it was actually sent to my my to the Coffee Custom Builds Instagram. Oh, and I'll read that, Dan. Okay, yeah, because I don't um, have access to your right Instagram, so that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> no, it's in here in the questions, but it's fine. Oh, that's, uh, it's a. Uh, it's from Karen and Justin with KJC Woodwork and Epoxy is the name of the Instagram account. And the question is, what is your favorite style of joinery? What joinery do you use the most? And what type would you like to learn or improve on? I'm throwing it over to Pete. Oh. Uh, oh. Lost you there for a sec. Yeah, I think throw it was it over me. To Sorry me? about that. Right. Yeah, throw it over <laughs> okay. to you. Did you get the question? <laughs> Yes, I did. No, uh, my favorite is I love it when wood just kind of flows together. So anytime there's like a dado or a half lap um, or like a nice, I mean, I guess a mortise and tenon too, just when wood just kind of nicely flows and you can match the grain and it completely changes directions. It really, I really like that kind of aesthetic look to it. 
So that's probably my favorite type of joinery is any, anytime I can slot two pieces of wood together. So I guess a mortise and tenon, um, but just half laps and dados are very satisfying to me when just two pieces just kind of slot in with no gaps, nothing, and it looks so good. Um, aside from that, probably pocket holes. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I don't want to crap on pocket holes, though. It is it is one of the easiest, kind of most fun piece, uh, ways of joinery. Uh, but I do love a nice half lap joint. It's one of, the, about you, Dan? Dan? one of the strongest joints is the half lap joint. Yeah. Or a bridal joint. Yep. Uh, yes. What is my favorite style of joinery? I mean, the more complicated, the better. That's what I like looking at anyway. It's not right. that Visually. I necessarily do that. I love looking at uh, people posting their their super gorgeous joinery, you know, their half-blind dovetails, and they're, you know, they're getting kind of mm-hmm. wild with their through mortise tenons with tusks and everything. I just, I love seeing that and thinking, man, I should really try that, but I don't. Uh, what is my favorite type of joinery to use? Obviously, the Domino. I mean, just just because that's what I have. <laughs> um, I've used box joints in the past. I like that. Um, but uh, what would you like to learn or improve on? Well, obviously, I'd love to learn and improve on hand cut joinery, so I could be that person that I I, I look at and aspire to be. Mm. I mean, I think, who who doesn't have that that goal to be the ultimate woodworker, having these beautiful hand cut joinery, you know, showing off? Yeah, I agree. I mean, what, can I take the you, Mike? take the helm here? Um, my favorite style is oh man, it's really hard to choose. I really like a through tenon with a tusk, like a tusked through tenon. I think they just look really cool. Um, I also really like castle joints. I think they look really cool just for an apron. Um, those are kind of my favorite. Um, what joinery do I use the most? Uh, I think probably dados and rabbits are the thing I use the absolute most. I will say that I can really tell in very short time the, the, the joinery I'm going to be using the most is the domino. Um, and what would I like to approve, improve upon? Any hand cut joinery. Um, I'm pretty. I'm actually really confident in my mortise and tenons, my hand cut mortise and tenons. Um, but the fancy through tusked tenons and stuff like that. Uh, I know castle joints aren't incredibly hard. I'd like to do those soon. I saw Bent did one, and Christian Sapp did one recently, and they did not yes. look very difficult. Um, but they look really cool. And from what I understand, I don't think they're an incredibly strong joint, but I think they're really good for tables, for aprons, because of the downward pressure on them. Um, no, they but don't any, have a lot any, of good lateral strength. Right, the lateral strength yep. isn't really there. Uh, I mean, anything. It's exactly what... My, my answer is basically Dan's. <laughs> I mean, any any hand-cut joinery, any, like, the hound's tooth, any dovetail. I mean, that's what I... I just got the new coping saw... I really want to spend May doing the 30-day dovetail challenge because I don't know how to cut dovetail, and I really want to do it. I mean, it's just it's been almost two years now that I've been woodworking, and I haven't even attempted to do one. And for me, it's time. For me, it's time to do it. There's no, like we said earlier, there's no set deadline on anything. But for myself, I really want to do that. <laughs> That's what I want to do in any of that stuff. What's up, Dan? What's up, Pete? Um, I got to say, actually, because I didn't really answer that last part, but you brought up a good point with the uh, castle joint. I do want to get more familiar with 
joinery that incorporates three pieces at once. Because I think a lot of times, I mean, we think of joinery of just two pieces coming together. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have three pieces and going in completely different directions, joining together like a castle joint or anytime you're, uh, sometimes you see those very intricate ones that you can, you literally have to like hammer in three locations at the same time. So they close up. Yeah. I think that kind of intricate joinery just blows my mind. I love seeing that. And it looks really cool when it's finished. You get this weird effect of like, which way was this even put together? You know, I think yep. that's uh, that's something I definitely want to work on in, uh, in the future. For sure. Yeah, or, um, you know, those, it's, I guess, just a wedged, what would it be? It's like a blind wedged tenon, like you'll see in a mallet. They'll put the... They'll put like the, the, I'm doing it with my fingers and no one can see it on the podcast, but you'll put the wedge. Yeah. The wedge is inside the head and then you have to knock the handle in and the wedge goes into it's, it's It's such a a wild joint. Yeah. One way joint and you're done. There's a, there's a guy on YouTube that I follow called, I think his name is Julian Brocht, uh, B-R-A-C-H-T. And I'm doing this all by memory. I haven't looked it up. Uh, he does, (laughs) he does a, a, a weekly video i think i don't know if he still does it but it was called a joint venture and it was all kinds mm. of different joints and that is super interesting to watch he he gets really intricate it's super fun i gotta try that out i'm gonna check that and, out uh samurai carpenter right i mean that guy does oh, amazing yeah. he, he's I mean, just that guy's an amazing, amazing. woodworker there's, period there's so many amazing woodworkers in this world and i'm nowhere near any of those guys i just can't wait to get there that's the whole fun of it you know it's right. like you're like I think we said this bef- I said this before but like for me with woodworking I'm never going to be the best woodworker I can be. No one's going to ever be the best woodworker they can be. You're going to spend your whole life getting as good as you can at it and you're never going to hit that hit that level, you know. All you can do is just keep going after it. That's all you can do is keep trying to learn and keep getting better when you can find time. <laughs> That's the hard part, right Dan? Finding time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, um I mean you know, that's it for questions. Do we? Oh, we do have another one. Never mind. There's a question right here. Um, this is from Brian. I think it's Brian G. Williams, but the email came across as Brian Gwilliam. <laughs> um, I, his account on Instagram is G. Will. G. Will. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if he wants it out there. Um, but where to get hardwood when you don't have a local place to get it? Craigslist. Really? Oh, but that Facebook like, marketplace or the marketplace. Yeah. Oh, I guess the question is, yeah. If you don't have like a lumber yard, right? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. what he's saying? Okay. I would that makes sense then. I was kind of thinking like those, what was it? Bell forest and, uh, you know, those online wood retailers. Black oh yeah. There's, mill. there's that option. I mean, you can get hardwood from Rockler and Woodcraft, I believe. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know, but definitely don't but, discount getting it online on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Absolutely. You know, sometimes you're getting wet wood and you might have to let it sit. But a lot of times it's just someone emptying out their basement that's had that board or those boards for like 20 years. That would be the first place I go check. Craigslist or yeah. the Marketplace. And you get yep. some good stuff. When I got the Powermatic, the, the cherry slabs that I'm working on right now, I have another eight of them. The guy's had them in his basement since the 80s. They're wow. over 30 years old. And they're, they're dry because they were right next to the furnace. <laughs> right it was uh it's chad with rescue wood with Re- rescue mm-hmm. Woodco. when i when when i me and him first started talking on instagram he had gotten a hold of some it was a lady and her husband had passed and he had he was into woodworking and but they had a farm a walnut farm and they would every year clear out their dead walnut trees and they just had a huge pole barn 
full of slabs. And the guy would sell them to woodworkers and use them himself. And these things were marked up like April 1st, 1983. Like all of them, that was when they were milled was in 83. And Chad got, I don't know, 20 of these slabs from them for like nothing. Because the lady, lady's just like, I got to sell everything here, you know? Oh, yeah. And she didn't advise. You know, you can find those deals on wood. I got, People don't I got know a wood's similar worth. deal uh, like two or three summers ago. There was a, guy, a farmer up north that was just trying to clear out his barn. That he's had uh, this stash of walnut, and he had like five thousand board feet of walnut in this barn, wow. and I bought a thousand board feet for myself. Holy! At smokes. less than a dollar a board foot. Oh my god! I mean, it was wow. it was really rough stuff, but right there was some really good. But yeah, at that point, even if you there. throw away half of it, it's yeah, I used amazing. a bunch of it, and I finally said, okay, I'm I'm tired of looking at this, and I gave away a bunch of it to another local woodworker here. Alan, right? Alan Wickard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he took a truckload away from me. I would. Yeah, and he's he's been milling it up, and he's been finding some really gorgeous curly stuff. Yeah, That's so crazy. the marketplace, man, you never know what you're going to find. So many trucks. I check. I, I, I literally. Walnut Farm. Walnut Farm sounds amazing. I would love to have a farm right? just walnut trees. This, I, I just mill them up. I have videos and pictures of the inside of this guy's barn, and it is just mind-boggling. I still have. I'd some, love for you to send those over. I still have some eight quarter that I took away from his barn because I'm not giving that up. I found I found one piece uh, that was 14 inches wide by 20 feet long by 10 quarter thick. It's all rough, and I still have it in my shop. I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm gonna use it for. I've had I had to cut it up into three sections because it's so big. Like I'm mm-hmm. never gonna use that full length, so I cut it right. up into three sections, and it's still sitting in my lumber rack. I have no That's idea crazy. what I'm gonna use it for, but it's there. And and on the same track, I guess. But you know, you guys are saying Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and old used tools and stuff. I literally every night as part of my nighttime routine. I check Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist every night under the tools section, and uh, I search like log or lumber or wood every single night, and I find a lot of. Do- I bought, I just got done with it back in uh, like February of last. No, I guess it wasn't that early, but in the spring of last year, I saw a deal. Some guy said he was a, a cabinet maker closing up his shop, car trailer full of wood, yours five hundred bucks, but you have to take it all. Called the guy. I said, will you take a hundred bucks? And he said, yes. <laughs> and I took, a, I bought a car trailer full of wood for a hundred bucks. 60% of it was unusable trash. And then of the usable 40%, 20% of that was hardwood. And the rest was softwood. I've given away or burned most of the softwood because I hate running that stuff through my tools. But uh, I got, I don't know. 200 board feet of mahogany, walnut, white oak, and yeah. beach. That's for still a smoking deal. It's crazy it's cheap. Great deal. Yep. It's, just, it's like crazy cheap. So yeah. um, you just have to find anytime, the deal. Yeah. Anytime you're, you're, if you're going to pick up a tool too, if you're, if you find a deal on a tool, when you're there, just ask like, what else you got? You got yeah. any wood? Oh yeah. Yep. A lot of times those guys are like, oh yeah, I'm trying to get rid of all this walnut. Mm-hmm. Do you want it? And like, oh, a lot of times know. that's an exaggeration. Just, well, <laughs> But there's always something that, that they want. You know, I've bought right. cherry. I've bought I've bought like half inch walnut slabs. Somebody cut hmm. it up. I guess they were trying to make signs, and they had a, a just a stack of them. I ended up picking up like ten of them for you know like pennies on a dollar. It was great. Yeah, 
it's it's good way to find good deals in general. I always keep my eyes out for that stuff. My if you follow me on Instagram, I've got I talk about this stash of alder I have. Um, when I first started woodworking, uh, through my job, a buddy of mine there, Caleb, he's a sales rep for a vendor I work with. He sells tools to a cab to different construction companies and cabinet shops. One guy was moving his shop. He had all this alder that he couldn't make money on because it was too defective and rough. I got three or four hundred board feet of alder for zero dollars. The guy just wanted it out of his shop. I just had to go up there and wow. get it. And I've been, I spent, that's what I learned how to do woodworking on was all this alder. It was great. So there's deals. You can find them. Yeah. And alder's great. I love alder. I love alder. I like the way it smells when you're working with I, it. Yeah. When, when you're working it and stuff, it smells great. And smells what do they like call it? Poor man's pencils. I like it. <laughs> they call it poor man's cherry, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. You know what they say? The alder, the better, right? So I, I think, think that's a wrap that's then. <laughs> I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Pete yeah. Just ruined the podcast. So <laughs> looks like we have some other questions in here, but let's save them for next week. Pete's right. yeah, we under the weather a, and we can do a all questions episode. Yeah. We'll get another one. We, I love those. Those are so fun. We're going to be, but keep sending them in everyone. We're going to be back yeah. at a hundred percent. All of us next Pete week. Looks yes. pretty bad. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. That's how Pete normally looks. Mike, calm down. It's the light. I it's swear. the lighting. It's the harsh fluorescent lighting. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of another yes, Woodshop so podcast. Uh, now, just because we have questions doesn't mean we don't need more. Oh yeah, and we always we love getting voicemails in. So make sure to call in to seven five four two two five five two nine seven or seven five four. AW, call a uh, sorry call awp <laughs> or ideally just record it and email it to us because yep. that sounds just so good mm-hmm. and uh five star reviews there you go five Mikey. star reviews all yeah. five, five star, star reviews. reviews five star reviews and then go check out the uh, podcast instagram we were pretty light on content over there this week but me and dan are looking at each other in the eyes right now and between the two of us we will make sure there is some uh There'll be more than one post up this week. For maybe the I'll maybe I'll take some photos of my walnut score from years, yeah, years and past. Send us some pictures of uh, <laughs> that place you went where you got the wood. Oh yeah, I'll have to post some of that up. stuff up. I'll find it. Yeah, do that. So I think we can uh, call this one a rap ski. I think so. I feel good All about right. it. I do yeah. too, and I don't feel good about a lot of stuff. So this is one <laughs> this of is them. Accurate. All right. Well, uh, it is thanks. A wrap. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we uh, we love you long time as always. Yeah. yeah. All right. We love you. Bye. Toodles. Love you long time. Goodbye.